Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. Presented by Cape and Cowell Comics. I am Henry Liu, and tonight I am once again joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how you doing? It's going good, Henry. It's cold outside, but that's how you know it's the holiday season in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, things have cooled down quite a bit. Today is Tuesday, December 11th, 2018, the end of the year. Can you believe it? We made it. We made it. <laughs> yeah, we're almost at the end, and um, I like this time of year. Not only is it the holiday season, uh, but it's a time we can look back on the year that was and uh, you and I, we both like to do these little end-of-year lists, right? Yeah. Our favorites and our least favorite movies, TV shows, and comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. We're going to get into that today. Um, and real quick note before we dive in. Um, you know, <laughs> we've mentioned this a few times, but... Um, you know, in the past, we keep saying we're going to have this special Walking Dead episode, right? Uh, we've talked quite a bit about Walking Dead on the past, uh, in the past, on this show. Um, but yeah, we keep mentioning we're going to have this like special episode that just we haven't gotten around to it, we'll right? We'll get there. Okay. Yeah, uh, we were going to do it. We li- we were literally going to do it last time. Um, but, of course, the great Stan Lee passed away, so we had to do an episode solely on him. Uh, so we decided to reschedule our Walking Dead episode, and then now we're at the end of the year, so we got to do our year interview episode, and then next time we want to do reviews of Aquaman and Into the Spider-Verse. So the Walking Dead episode uh, is... Uh, on hold at the moment, yeah? It's going to happen. It's going to happen, yeah. We'll get there. We'll Uh get there. And I think there will be some Walking Dead talk today, yeah? Uh, So stay tuned. Mm -hmm. Okay, right now, uh, before we get into our year-in-review lists, we're going to get into some geek news. What do you have for us, Porfirio? Well, I mean, Henry, if we're just looking at this past week alone, it feels like San Diego Comic-Con all over again. It's like yeah. a week full of treats. Yeah. And by that, I mean a shit ton of trailers. Yes. Like, our first trailer is Captain Marvel. Yep. It shows more clips of the squirrels, a younger Nick Fury, yep. and Captain Marvel in her iconic red and blue costume and going Super Saiyan for kicking ass. Yeah. Then there's also another second trailer of Godzilla, King of Monsters. Mm-hmm. Shows, showed us more of the kaiju, so more Martha, more Rodan, and more King Ghidorah. And it definitely teased the relationship between humans with Godzilla and any of fights we might expect with the big guy against these titan monsters. Yep. Also, um, there's been some speculation about a spider-man homecoming part two trailer coming out sometime right that hasn't been announced yet but jake gillendale 
he posted on the Instagram for the first time ever, so let's give him props to that. But he also revealed his role for the upcoming sequel that he is officially going to play Mysterio. Right, which we've heard, you know, quite a while ago, but I guess it's official, official now, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is going to be the first time we're going to see the character in a live-action movie. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah. And the biggest trailer to talk about is Avengers, dun-dun-dun-dun, Endgame. Endgame, yes. Yeah, so Marvel totally pulled a Beyonce and just <laughs> dropped the trailer out of nowhere. Yeah. And, you know, we were expecting to see, not only was it going to reveal the title, but it answered a lot of questions without revealing anything at all. I, that's yeah. how I felt. Yeah. So let's talk about all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of a lot of trailers released recently. Um, real quick on Captain Marvel. Like you said, this is the second Captain Marvel trailer. So we did catch a glimpse of it earlier. Um, we got to see a little bit more. Um, the thing I am most excited about about this second trailer is... The cat. <laughs> we see Captain Marvel's uh-huh. cat, who apparently is named Goose in this movie. Um, I am a huge cat person, so I couldn't be happier about a major cat character in the MCU, finally. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll see. Uh, this, uh, this cat, I'm not joking here. I am legitimately excited about this cat and um, legitimate also about this cat being potentially a pretty big character in the movie. You know, there is some merchandise featuring this cat. Mm-hmm. Um, this cat was um, kind of a hidden figure in the Marvel, uh, the Captain Marvel poster. Did you see the cat tail in the yeah. poster? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm stoked about uh, Goose the Cat. No, yeah. Sure. I, I was reading an article that um, the cat was actually like, the after the trailer dropped, the cat was like the number one Thing that people googled after the trailer dropped nice so awesome like, okay i guess <laughs> like you said it's probably got a key role in the film awesome cannot wait um and yeah the uh second godzilla king of the monsters trailer dropped as well um i just watched this like i hadn't watched it before <laughs> and in front of you right before we rolled audio um I watched it, and uh, dude, this movie looks pretty freaking awesome. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the first Godzilla movie. When I say first, the, I should say the previous Godzilla movie. The new remake. Yeah, I mean, Godzilla. the first Godzilla movie was a long time ago. <laughs> but yeah, the previous Godzilla movie. Um, and the problems I think it had was, A, too much focus on human characters, yeah. and B... Um, pretty lackluster opponents to Godzilla. I think this movie completely corrects those problems, right? Because yeah. this movie seems to be, have a lot more focus on the monsters and the Godzilla opponents seem really awesome, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, this one looks good, dude. Hell yeah. Okay, so yeah, real quick on Spider-Man Far From Home. I think we're both looking forward to this. We're huge Spider-Man fans. Mm-hmm. The fact that Mysterio is in it is super cool. Um, interestingly, uh, everyone was expecting this movie to release 
like a few days ago. It didn't, you know. You mean the trailer? The trailer. Yeah, not the movie, the trailer. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess there was a Comic Con in Brazil where they showed the trailer and everyone was expecting the trailer to be released to the internet subsequently, but that did not happen. Pretty strange. You know, I don't know if Marvel was thinking, well, we're given all the fans, Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame. Maybe we'll hold off on the Spider-Man trailer. They're spoiling us too they're, much Yeah, maybe week. they're thinking, or they're spoiling us. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm anxiously awaiting that trailer, which I hope, you know, will we'll drop soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about this Avengers trailer. Mm-hmm. This is big. I think it's the most watched trailer ever or something like that. Yeah, it was, the that? Mo- it was the most watched trailer. Um, I don't have the exact number, but it was regarded as the most watched trailer on yeah. YouTube. Wow. Uh-huh. So what are your thoughts on the Avengers Endgame trailer? Uh-huh. Well, one, I when I was reading... The, what the title is going to be called Endgame instantly that came to, the first thing that came to mind was um, you know where that line comes from Endgame right I do not please enlighten me I mean that's the line Doctor Strange says in Infinity War when okay yeah when Tony Stark confronts him like asking Doctor Strange why he gave the time stone to Thanos yeah and Doctor Strange says oh we're in the Endgame now Right. But I actually did some research, and that's not the first time Endgame is mentioned in the Marvel Universe. Okay. It was actually first mentioned in Age of Ultron. Ooh. Um, do you remember that scene where Tony Stark and Steve Rogers, they kind of, like, have a, like, confrontation against each other about, like, why they created Ultron? And Tony Stark says, well... That's the end game up there, pointing to the sky, like up in space, because he has that vision for that Scarlet Witch game at the beginning of the movie. Right. That something big is out there. Okay. And then, you know, referencing that Tony Stark is looking onto that fight against Ultron, saying like, oh, that's impossible. You're fighting an impossible fight. And Tony or Steve Rogers says, we'll do that together and we'll fight that together. So I feel like I don't know if like Marvel figured out this whole timeline thing back in 2015 when this movie <laughs> was made, but I mean that situation is totally the same situation hmm. of of them like Tony Stark and Steve Rogers like like losing all hope but being like oh we're gonna do this together and fighting to the end game. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, you know. I could I could see that. So that's the title. That's just the title. That's just <laughs> right. little news about the title. There's a whole lot more to dissect in the trailer. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to talk about anything else? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really like this trailer because it didn't show us too much. I think nowadays trailers tend to show too much, you know. Um, and, you know, real quick disclaimer, if everyone can recall the trailers for infinity war a lot of the stuff in those trailers did not end up in the final cut of the movie yeah right you know um most prominent was the appearance of the hulk 
in Wakanda. That never happened. You know, we saw that in the trailer. It never happened in the movie, right? I know. Disappointing. I mean, so weird. And also, you know, there was a shot, uh, a pretty famous shot of Thanos putting the Infinity Gauntlet down on Captain America, right? And Cap is, like, using every bit of strength he can muster to hold him back, right? Um, In the trailer... The Infinity Gauntlet only has a couple stones. I think, like, two stones? It had the power and... And, like, the space stone, The space stone, yeah. I think that was it, right? Yeah, just those two. You know, in the movie, he had all the stones at that point except for the Mind Stone. So it was completely different, you know? So the reason I bring this up is is that whatever we see in the Endgame trailers might not, you know might not necessarily end up in the final movie, right? Uh-huh. So, I mean, these Russo brothers, they're super sneaky. So don't believe everything you see here. Like, basically, what you see in this trailer, it might all be lies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So <laughs> you don't, you never know. You never know. Some stuff in here might not end up in the final movie. Mm-hmm. Just saying, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Okay, so that said, there is quite a bit of, interesting stuff in this trailer right we do see some of our favorite characters come back like we see hawkeye yeah finally make it back in the mcu right and ant-man your favorite (laughs) little dude (laughs) yes so hawkeye and ant-man who were glaring omissions from infinity war they're back Mm -hmm. um as are the original avengers you know cap thor Banner, Tony, and Black Widow. Black Widow. Yeah, they're all back. Um, what we don't see is anyone who turned to dust, right? They are missing. So that's the big, uh, you know, sad point of this trailer. The people who turned to dust at the end of Infinity War, uh, we still don't know their fate. Mm-hmm. Right. And the trailer kind of, uh, you know, uses that to, uh, you know, get to our emotions, basically. Right. Yeah. Because we see images of of some of the people that did disappear. Right. We see um, Peter Parker. We also see Shuri. Right. Yeah, I was going to yeah, just we mention see, that. Like, yeah. We don't know what happened with her. Yeah. We didn't see her turn to dust, but presumably... She did now that we see her face appear in this trailer, right? There's a there's a moment when we see like the faces of the disappeared. Uh Peter Parker, Shuri, and Scott Lang was in there too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um because the assumption is everyone thought he turned to dust uh whereas in fact he didn't. He mm-hmm. was just in the quantum realm as we know from the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, right? Um but you, so, know, yeah. you know who else is missing from this trailer? Who? Captain Marvel. Like we yeah. just we just talked about her like right. a few minutes ago and she's completely missing from this yeah. trailer. And we all know she's gonna be in this movie um probably in a big way. Right. Yeah. But she's not in the trailer at all. That's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um what else? Oh yeah, well real quick before we get off of Hawkeye, we see him and he has a completely different look. To him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he looks pretty cool. A completely, completely different looking 
Hawkeye. And speaking of looks, Captain America looks very different from Infinity War, right? He has shaved off his beard. Yeah. So he is once again clean shaven. And this is really interesting to me. We see him in this trailer in his Winter Winter Soldier stealth suit. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a suit, if you recall, at the beginning of the movie The Winter Soldier. Um, It's like basically an all-blue suit. You know, we saw him in that outfit. Um, Why would he be wearing this uniform? Hmm. (laughs) So many questions, right? Yeah. Um, One thing I heard was, well, he is back, and uh, he's no longer in hiding. So he can shave his beard off, and he can um, wear his star again, you know. Uh, He no longer is uh, the nomad, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, some other stuff I've heard is, well, if he's in his Winter Soldier costume, I mean, okay, if he's going to go back to being Captain America, you know, wearing the star, wearing the, the flag on his torso, wouldn't he wear, I don't know, his uh, Avengers one or Avengers two costume or maybe his civil war costume where it's like red, white, and blue. Why would he wear this stealth suit? You know, like it just brings up a lot of questions, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So there is some speculation that there might be some sort of time travel component to this movie. Um, I've heard of that. You know, I, I didn't read too much into that, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of speculation, but there is that. Um, there's also a lot of speculation about where are the people that turn to dust, right? Um, I've voiced my opinion that possibly they're on a different timeline. You know, the the Thanos snap didn't cause them to die, but rather they were transported into a different timeline, so essentially a different universe. Um, But there are a lot of other theories, too. Um, There's one involving the Soul Stone, right? Mm -hmm. You heard about this one, right? Yeah, that they're all trapped in the Soul Stone. Yeah. Uh (laughs) So um, that's a nice thought, you know? It's similar to the the different dimension theory that, you know, they're not dead. They're just trapped somewhere else, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how do they fit in there? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyhow, uh, I don't think we want to spend all night speculating. Uh-huh. Um, but that's really what this trailer brings us. You know, it doesn't show us much, and it really has us asking more questions than uh, answering questions that we had. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also shows that. Ant-Man somehow gets out of the quantum realm because last time we saw him, he was trapped in there. Yes. And then even the credits ends with like Ant-Man will return question mark. Right. Yeah. The end of Ant-Man the Wasp Uh it has that question mark. Yes. At the end of the trailer, we see him come out of the quantum realm. So I feel like the quantum realm also plays a key role in this film. Yep. And uh, not too surprising. Yeah. I, I, I really was was expecting the quantum realm to play a huge factor here and it really does look like it's going to be the case here um we do see scott lang back 
and he's got the van too. Did you see the van? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he got the van. Uh-huh. And um, so, I wonder what yeah. happened with Luis then. That's a big question. Yeah, <laughs> what about Luis? It sure seemed like Scott Lang was alone there. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Luis uh, got dusted too. I know, possibly. Um, but yeah, pretty exciting. Yeah, our first look at the next Avengers movie, and uh, man, April cannot come around fast enough. <laughs> that was another big reveal because everyone thought it was going to come out in May, but they actually pushed it a week earlier with yeah, an April release right, right. date. They did that for Infinity War also, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really shows that Marvel Studios has tons of clout now. They can just sort of do whatever they want. They're like, oh. You want to release this a week earlier? Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Let's just do it. <laughs> yeah. They did it. So, yeah, can't wait. All right, what else you got, Perferio? So going a few weeks back on more comic-related news, we were all shocked by, like, the sudden cancellation of Netflix's Daredevil. Yes. I mean, everyone I know who watches the show loves it, and I actually did some research. It's actually Netflix's fourth most streamed show. Mm-hmm. So this news caught me off guard, as well as like the rest of the cast of the crew. And even Charlie Cox, the guy who plays their double, himself said that it's going to be weird to think that there's a chance I won't be playing Matt Murdock ever again. Yeah. So this might be the end of the Marvel Universe on the Netflix service you know since we had iron fist and luke cage also being canceled earlier this year so that means that jessica jones and punisher are the last two marvel shows left but at this point it won't be shocking if like after the seasons are released that they also get canceled yeah i'm expecting that too um what are your thoughts on that yeah uh definitely have thoughts um you know, we talked about this, right? We talked about the fate of Marvel Netflix before, right? Mm-hmm. After Luke Cage and Iron Fist were canceled, we were talking about it. And um, I think I said specifically that if Daredevil was canceled, I would not be sad because I would know that it would live on somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Probably the disney plus service right so um now that it really happened now that daredevil was canceled on netflix what do i think well um a little bit more scared than i was before just because i heard some talk about disney plus not wanting to pick up daredevil or any of the other yeah any of those shows right the ones that were canceled yeah Um, So that's a little concerning, um, but deep down in my heart, I do feel like these shows will live on somewhere else, you know? Um, Maybe maybe we'll put the other shows aside right now, but let's, and and just talk about Daredevil, but there's no way in hell that this show is just over. I I just, I, 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 there's no way. In my mind, there's no way. It will live on somehow, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I think there was some talk about, you know, creative differences on the show and 
uh, low viewership. To me, that is all BS. That's all bullshit, yeah. Right? Yeah, I think that's total BS because look at the platform here. Daredevil was on Netflix. And uh, you said it yourself. Daredevil was one of the most popular shows on Netflix, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's no debating that. People loved it. People watched it. People were talking about it. You know, viewers and critics alike loved Yes, it. viewers and critics. And not to mention hardcore comic book fans like us mm-hmm. loved it. You know, I mean, it got all kinds of praise. So there's that. But also consider Netflix. There's a lot of stuff on Netflix. There's a lot of stuff on Netflix that nobody watches. You know, like there's they just put out content, right? Yeah. And there are shows on Netflix that get renewed season after season. Who's watching this stuff? You know, um, that's kind of the beauty of it, right? Like if, if there's a, some super obscure show that nobody watches that you happen to like, they like live on and on and on, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's no way you could convince me that Netflix canceled Daredevil because of low viewership. They don't cancel anything, you know? <laughs> uh, much less one of their most successful shows ever, right? Mm-hmm. That's just, like we said, BS. What is really happening? Me, I think it's Disney. Disney is like... um is is making you know this happen like they, they they force this cancellation i think you know disney wants to get these characters back they want to get them like netflix is a competitor right mm-hmm. they want to get these guys off of netflix and um whether it's putting them on disney plus or you know making a daredevil movie or i don't know you know they they want to get these characters back i think that's the bottom line like Netflix, uh, sorry, Disney flexed their muscles here, right? They put the smack down and, and made these cancellations happen. What exactly did that entail? I have no idea. But that's what it's, it feels like to me, that it's, it's Mickey Mouse and the, 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 the great mouse empire, you know, flexing their muscles here. It's Mickey Mouse holding their feeling gallant and snapping his finger. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and making the defenders disappear. Yeah. Right? That's what happened. For real. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, so in a way, it's in a way it's kind of sad because um, Marvel and Netflix had a really good thing going, right? I think mm-hmm. the quality the quality of these shows were really great for the most part. And um, it was working. And even if all of these shows live on somewhere else, um, there is the concern of, oh, maybe they won't be of the same quality. Will they be watered down because it's Disney now? Or um, just getting like a new creative team, they're just like disrupting the process. Um, These things can happen, right? So... um, yeah, on one hand, I, I, in my heart of hearts, I do feel like um, uh, these characters will live on somewhere else. Um, but uh, in what way? I don't know. You know, uh, I think uh, one thing's for sure, this version of these characters is basically coming to an end, 
right? And Unfortunately. That, yeah, it's sad, you know. Um, yeah. th- these were great shows, and there were great moments. And, um, yeah, it, it's sad to see it uh, coming to an end for sure. Mm-hmm. So what else do you have for us in newsworthy stuff, Henry? Okay, yeah, yeah, I got some too. Uh, so Golden Globes, very notable. Not something... We typically talk about on a comic book podcast, nope. <laughs> but we are going to talk about it today because, that? well, I'm glad you asked because Black Panther has been nominated for Best Picture. Woo-hoo. Yeah, so Black Panther was nominated for Golden Globe Best Drama and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was nominated for Best Animated Film. Again, for the Golden Globes. So this is awesome, you know. Um, come awards season, usually comic book movies get the shaft. Yeah. You know, um, there are some rare exceptions. You know, the Heath Ledger Oscar win uh, for Dark Knight uh, was one of them. But yeah, we typically don't see any superhero type stuff come uh, award season, right? So pretty awesome to see this happen. Um, there were a couple of music categories that Black Panther was nominated for also. Um, so pretty, pretty awesome there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And also real quick, um, another Marvel announcement. Uh, announcement for a Shang-Chi Master of Kung Fu movie. That's not a mistake, folks. (laughs) A Shang-Chi Master of Kung Fu movie is in development with Marvel Studios. And um, this character is not a household name, um, but I love this character, and I am super excited about this news. Uh, When a movie is announced to be in development, um, that's not saying a lot because a lot of movies in development end up not getting made. Uh, so my fingers are crossed here that this movie does indeed get made. I think it's pretty uh, notable that it's Marvel Studios that has this movie in development because, uh, you know, obviously they have the clout <laughs> to yeah. get movies made. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's probably just a matter of time before we see Shang-Chi on the big screen, which is uh, incredible. Do you know, yeah. can you give us a little info about this character? Because I don't know so much about him yeah well um so we've talked about uh iron fist and luke cage this character was born of the same era uh Uh 70s marvel comics Uh and um it was an interesting time because uh, marvel was kind of shamelessly looking for um trendy sort of characters you know so they're looking at movies they're looking at kung fu movies they're looking at black exploitation movies that's when characters like iron fist and misty knight and luke cage and yes shang chi were created um so shang chi is pretty shamelessly a bruce lee knockoff (laughs) you know uh very similar type of attributes and strengths 
and uh, yeah, he's a kung fu master. You know, he's he is literally called the master of kung fu. Um, but uh, I have read quite a few Shang Chi comics, and uh, I love them. I love this era of Marvel. You know, and uh, uh, to have another great creation come to life from that era is really exciting. And not to mention, um, this is a huge opportunity for Asian American representation in movies and specifically in superhero movies where we have seen basically nothing, (laughs) you know, um, it's, uh, a pretty bold statement to say that this could be the Asian American equivalent to black Panther, but that potential is there. Um, from what I've heard, they really want to do this right. And, uh, yeah, I could not be more excited. It sounds like you. Yeah. Okay. I think that's all I have for news. Do you have anything else? So I know you're not a fan of the Fantastic Beast series happening right now. Yeah. But I don't know. This might change your mind. Okay. I still haven't seen the second film, but I guess I left many questions unanswered about what's happening. So this caused J.K. Rowling to tweet yesterday about what to expect in the third film. And she wrote in three words, answers are given. So I assume it connects the Fantastic Beast series with the Harry Potter storyline, but we shall see. Okay. I mean, yeah, like, like we both talked about and we both like Harry Potter. I'm a bigger fan of the Fantastic Beast series than you are. So I'm excited to see how this third one comes out. Even though I've heard not so many good reviews from the second one, I mm-hmm. still plan on just watching it. But I don't know. This tweet just kind of confirms that I still have faith in this series that's going to do good. Okay. Well. What, what about you? Well, you know, that's great that you have a positive <laughs> attitude here because you could read this as, oh, yeah, the you know, the – the questions that you have from the second of the series, oh, they will be answered in the third, right? Mm-hmm. But part of me, you know, the skeptic in me is like, well, she just kind of said that because it, like, like it's a reactive sort of statement. It's like, oh, no, no, don't give, us on, don't give up on us yet. <laughs> it, it'll get better. It'll yeah. get better. Don't worry. So yeah. there is a bit of a reactive element there. Um, and yeah, you know, um, I was kind of done with this series after seeing the first Fantastic Beast, but, uh, yeah, like it's, uh, it's gotten some pretty bad word of mouth in addition to the fact that, yeah, I'm already, I was already kind of done with it. Um, so I'm definitely pessimistic. I am curious about your take, you know, when you do eventually watch yeah, it yeah I'll watch uh, it so let me know <laughs> and uh, we'll uh, we'll go from there uh-huh. and lastly to show some love to the dc universe or maybe some disappointing news amy adams who plays lois lane says that she's done with the role okay she is the latest actress to drop a key role from the dc extended universe but she did give a little remark in the same interview saying that Warner Brothers is thinking of like this whole process is just revamping these characters. So while some might see it as the end, it could be possibly just the beginning of 
the DC extended universe. Yeah. I mean, we got Aquaman to look forward to. We already bought the tickets. That's so right. We're going. Yeah, so we got that to look forward to. So let's see how that turns out. So don't give up on the DC universe. That's what that's all I'm saying. Yeah. And uh, you know, this is technically news, but uh um totally not surprising, right? <laughs> I mean, we know that Henry Cavill has uh quit the Superman role. So it would be really surprising if Amy Adams continued in the Lois Lane role. And it really does seem like uh, this whole shared universe is not really going to be a thing, at least for now. I I mean, I think uh, the DC movies are looking to just do like a one step at a a time sort of approach, you know, not worry about a shared universe and um, just focus on the movies one at a time, right? Which I think is a good approach, you know. Um, They got burned when they... Uh, looked ahead and you know um, and uh, sort of counted on their team up movies uh, to be super successful right yeah they Warner Bros totally put like all their eggs in one basket and just carried one too many yeah 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 absolutely Um, yeah there's a certain magic with the Marvel Studios movies and um, I think you know, the DCEU found out the hard way that it's very difficult to duplicate that kind of success, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, um, there was a lot of news. <laughs> so um, we wanted to be sure to cover all, all the highlights. Um, but now I think we should get to our lists, yeah? Mm-hmm. It is time. Uh, so... Kind of a general spoiler alert. You know, we're going to go into details on a lot of the stuff that came out this year. So, yeah, be forewarned. We're going to talk comics. We're going to talk TV. We're going to talk movies. And uh, no filter, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, again, spoiler alert. So we talked a bit before about the order. We decided on TV, then comics, then movies, Yeah. So let's talk some TV. A lot of TV came out this year. A whole lot. <laughs> a I mean, lot. we watched a lot, but you know, we weren't physically able to watch a lot too. Uh, so let's talk a bit about some of our favorite shows and some of our least favorite shows. You want to start, Perfurio? Yeah, I think for me, the I mean, the biggest one I that comes to mind that I love was Daredevil season three, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, so much came up. From that, didn't we? We had a podcast, right? Oh yeah, to we had a whole episode. Yeah, so yeah, to wrap it all up, I love the characters, especially the kingpin. Um, I love the storyline where it was going. Everything about that season was just—it caught me. It made me want to keep watching every episode after another, yeah. which is, I think, is what Netflix does to make a good show. Is makes yeah. you want to like stay up to like three in the morning wanting to binge watch and finish the series yeah and i think uh this show daredevil season three was maybe the most addictive marvel netflix show ever yeah (laughs) because uh i mean i've had moments in past netflix shows where i've 
like binged it and, and it was hard to put it down but i think this one maybe was like number one in that category mm-hmm. yeah um that's one of my top favorites another one that came out earlier this year was agents of shield season five ah, okay um that one was like a roller coaster of emotions just because there were so many rumors about whether or not this this series was was gonna get canceled after the season okay and you know it made sense just because infinity war is coming up because agents of show has been doing a really incredible job of keeping up with the marvel films that are released right and so it made sense and even like um the writers they didn't even know if this season was going to get renewed or not so they made the last episode kind of like also like a season slash series finale mm-hmm. and i watched it and i totally like cried my eyes out because it was oh, wow. totally it totally felt like a series finale oh wow and it was i think like two weeks before the finale that they the disney announced that it's going to get renewed for another season so i was like oh, okay oh okay now do you think season six will be the final season no, they actually already announced that they're going to get season seven. Really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so I was totally shocked. I was like, wow, season six hasn't even came out yet, which is not coming out until next summer after Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm surprised that Disney's already jumping the gun and saying like, oh, season seven's also going to get renewed. So wow. two more seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. All right. Um, anything else notable for the for year of TV, 2018? TV, um, let's see. Nothing else comes to mind. Is there anything for you? Um, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff uh, that came out this year. Um, a lot of not-so-great stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just, you know, like I said earlier, earlier, a lot of TV came out this year. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I will second your nomination on Daredevil season three. I mean, this show really blew me away. You know, um, wasn't really expecting it. You know, I really loved Daredevil season two, um, but uh, I wasn't sure what to make of season three. I thought the uh, Defender show was a little bit of a disappointment, and um, you know, uh, the the shows that had come out this year, the Marvel Netflix shows that mm-hmm. had come out this year previous to Daredevil, I thought were a little uneven. You know, uh, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist all had seasons this year, and, you know, I felt there were some ups and downs there. So, yeah, I, I really wasn't sure what to expect, and it completely blew me away. I, mm-hmm. I loved it, you know. Um, you know, I, I, we talked in at length about this season in a previous podcast, uh, but just you know to reiterate um it was fantastic you know you mentioned the characters were great you mentioned uh the kingpin was a real highlight for you to me the big highlight was bullseye mm-hmm. you know um i i became obsessed with bullseye you know um upon watching this show i think right around in the middle like i bought uh the uh, first appearance of bullseye the daredevil comic mm-hmm. and um I didn't do it, but I was considering 
considering getting a bullseye tattoo at one point oh, wow. you know you know the uh the image at the very end of the season you see in his eyeball yeah um i was thinking of getting that image <laughs> tattooed where, on me where are you gonna get that well I, i've been kind of thinking about getting uh, a tattoo because um right now i have five and i want to get a sixth because um there are two uh tattoos uh that are like um symmetrical with me uh-huh. um but there's one on my left wrist that is not like doesn't have a pair to mm-hmm. pair up with you know so and my right wrist is open so i i kind of want to get a sixth. that might be my last one the sixth but on my uh on my right wrist and I, i'm thinking about like what i want to get there oh, wow. uh, but that was uh, um, i was considering that yeah you know, I, that, didn't know, I didn't know that character left such an influence oh like yeah that. it was that significant you mm-hmm. know i hope i voiced like how awesome that character was in the previous podcast but yeah just in case that didn't come through i, I it really <laughs> it re- totally resonated with me uh-huh. um yeah so yeah i can't say enough about daredevil season three um, a, couple, a few others I wanted to mention. Jessica Jones season two that came out kind of early in the year, but I thought that was really great. Um, maybe a little longer than it should have been, but uh, yeah, there were some really great moments in that season. I thought it was better than Jessica Jones season one. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I, Kristen Ritter was really born to play Jessica Jones. I think she's really awesome in that role. And uh, there were so many great moments in that season. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to call a call out a lesser known show. This show is called Miss Sherlock. It's on HBO, and this was absolutely absolutely one of my favorite shows of the year. And it is essentially an all female version of Sherlock Holmes. Um, Highly, highly, highly recommend. If you like the Benedict Cumberbatch uh, version of Sherlock Holmes, the show Sherlock, um, you would love this show. Um, it's kind of, uh, it has a similar similar uh, feel of that show, um, but it really, it really flips the script on it because not only is the Sherlock character female, on the show, but the Watson character is female also. Oh, wow. Yeah. And on top of all that, they're all Asian <laughs> because uh, this show is a Japanese show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really great. Uh, I guess the disclaimer is um, it is in Japanese, so you have to read subtitles, <laughs> um, which I know is a turnoff for some people, but mm-hmm. uh, if you can get through that, uh, highly, highly recommend Miss Sherlock. Um, so at this point, I think before we go on to our least favorite shows of the year, maybe we can talk about among these shows we mentioned, is there a a definitive favorite? Do you have a definitive favorite? Yeah, Daredevil. I could say that without a doubt. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Daredevil season three is the uh, world champion this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't get much better than this folks. Yeah. Okay, um, what about least favorite? This is always hard because, um, you know, we're not professional TV and 
and or film critics, right? So we're not watching everything that comes out. Uh-huh. We watch what we want to watch. So the chances of us watching, let's say, an entire season of something we don't like, it's you know, it's not that likely, right? That said, is there anything that came out this year that you didn't like or that rubbed you the wrong way, etc.? Um, I mean. This is the first year I haven't seen The Walking Dead. You know, I've mm-hmm. re- I've said in previous podcasts how I've always wanted to get back into it. Yeah. But this year I just did not hesitate to get back into it. I was just so disappointed how last season turned out. I haven't heard so many good reviews about this yeah. season that's happening right now. So I'm in no hurry to watch the walking dead again so mm. i'm kind of sad but it's just it's crazy how like i've been a walking dead fan my whole since season two i mm-hmm. think okay and you know not to watch it again this year it's just like oh man that's different it's just different <laughs> yeah yeah same here you know uh this is the first season in a long time that i haven't watched like you know, the show the night of, right? Mm-hmm. And it does feel like there's this void, right? Like something's different here. Yeah. Right? Um, and neither of us can say this was our least favorite show of the year because we didn't watch it, yeah. <laughs> right? So it'd be kind of hypocritical to say that. Um, but I guess my yeah. least favorite might be Cloak and Dagger. Okay, yeah. Uh, we did a podcast on that. I mean, I gave when we did the podcast, I gave some re- positive reviews on it. But I think looking back, I mean, it's probably my least favorite just because if you listen back to the podcast, like everything I said, like there's just some like inconsistency with like the characters and the act in the storyline, like from the comics and the television representation. Yeah. Like the portrayals and everything. So I think it was mainly that. I mean, it's an okay show, but not my favorite. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. So for me, yeah, um, I too was not a huge fan of Cloak and Dagger. I did watch the entire season and enjoyed parts of it. But yeah, overall, it didn't blow me away and uh, left me, you know, wanting a little more out of it, you know? Yeah. Um, That said, I know that season two is happening and um, I do plan to watch it, you know, and I feel like it could be good. I really like the Cloak and Dagger characters in the comics, and um, I feel like now that season one is done and they are pretty well versed in their powers, we could see um, some cool stuff happening in season two. You know, maybe less of an origin story and more of them, like... uh, doing their thing like some more action right Mm. uh so that could be pretty cool um but yeah as it is it's definitely on my list of worst shows of the year Um, like i said there's not too many shows that i sat through every episode and um said like i didn't really like this show but this is one of them Um, also on that list i would say iron fist season two you know, we talked about this as well. We did, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge Iron Fist fan, 
and I was disappointed, you know. I could have uh, used a lot more here as well. I'm kind of sad that, it, as it turns out, this uh, was the final season of Iron Fist on Netflix. And, um, yeah, I, I, I had a lot of problems with it. Um, also, uh, there's another Netflix show called Altered Carbon. This is on my list, too. Yet another show that we have talked about on the podcast and, you know, I don't want to go into detail on any of these because, yeah, we, we recapped these shows before, um, but I had some problems with this one as well. Um, I don't want to say definitively that any of these shows were garbage. I think there was a lot to offer with, with all of them, you know, Altered Carbon, Iron Fist, Season 2, Cloak and Dagger, Season 1. Um, but I guess if I had to pick a least favorite, it probably would be Altered Carbon, you know, Um I mentioned this before, but uh, I think it's kind of racist. You know, um, there is one component to this show that I just could not get past. And it's a pretty huge component. You know, it's a major theme. It's a major part of the show. And that is the main character of the show is an Asian mind in a white body. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. and... um, is it an interesting thing to explore? Yes. Uh, but bottom line is I couldn't get over it. You know, I found it racist. And it's something I struggled with all season long. And I could not get over this fact. And I cannot support this show. And um, I got to give, th- give it a thumbs down. You know, there, there are other aspects of the show that I didn't like. There are other sh- aspects of the show I did like. Um, and again, it's, I don't think it's total garbage. Um, it's kind of like what we've said before, you know, things we like and we don't like. Um, it's not super black and white. You know, there are, there is uh, room for nuance and things we can have a conversation about, right? Um, so when I said, oh, that's racist, I don't understand. That's racist, period, done. This show's terrible. Don't watch it. Um, it shouldn't be that black and white, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I will say that the Asian mind in a white body aspect of the show is something I just could not get past. Yeah. Um, so there is that. So, yeah, that's my pick. Again, uh, not a terrible, terrible show. In fact, I heard they have cast Anthony Mackie, a.k.a. Falcon, for season two. Yeah, I so to say that. <laughs> I just might have to tune in for season two, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so... There is that. Okay. So I think we can uh, move on. Yeah? That's TV. That's TV. So let's talk some comics now. All right. So uh, we talked a little bit before we started rolling. uh, But you, Perfurio, told me that you didn't read a whole lot of comics this year. This year I was, yeah, I was just so busy. I I've read a few comics here and there, but not so much this year, which is kind of disappointing. Um, you say kind of disappointing. I would say very disappointing because <laughs> that is shameful, Perfurio. Um, to say that, to say you're too busy to read comics, that that 
you know, that shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> you wa- should never t- be too busy to read comics. Because I'm watching Daredevil, that's <laughs> <Okay>. why. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that's slightly uh, forgivable. <laughs> but uh, please, I don't know if it should be a New Year's resolution or something, but I feel you should read more comics in 2019. You know, I actually have, like, a whole stack of comics that I haven't even gotten, like, around to. I probably have, like... Yeah, like, half my collection I have been read. Like, I have, like, the Dark Phoenix saga. Oh, yeah, um, I read that. The X-Men versus Inhuman storyline. Mm-hmm. The um, Old Man Logan storyline. Like, I have all those comics, but I've never read them. Well, there you go. You don't even <laughs> have to go to a comic book shop. You know, it's right there for you to read. So, I would say get on it. Uh-huh. Um, but that's next year. For now... Yeah. For what you did read, uh, do you have any picks for stuff you would recommend? And, you know, I, it's, it's hard. Like you said, it, we're, we're both busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, with comics particularly, um, this category, I feel like it shouldn't necessarily just be stuff that released this year. You know, maybe it's something that released previously and you just got around to this year. That's that's fair, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anything uh, you might recommend that you read this year? Yeah, I definitely recommend reading Maximum Carnage. That's the latest big one that I finished. I read that one back in September to kind of like get pumped up for the Venom movie coming that was coming out. Ah, okay. And... The thing I like about like about it, I think it was written like in the eighties, either eighties or nineties, but the old style illustrations, like you know how you know how comics nowadays is kind of takes up like like one image takes up like two pages. Yeah. Like this one was just kind of like old school and had like you know filled up with a whole bunch of dialogue and just okay, like yeah. six images on one side of the page like i really love those like the silver age kind of comic looks mm-hmm. right on right on that's cool and then there was like so many characters that were in it there was carnage venom cloak and dagger captain america iron fist that just made the storyline really interesting and i at the end it was just a way for me to get to know the venom character and made me excited i mean it wasn't like the Venom movie was going to be like an adaption of this comic line, but just to get a sense of who the Venom character is and what to get a sense of. And it totally yeah. did its job and got me pumped up for the film. Cool. Right on. Uh, were there any comics you read that you didn't like? Um, let's see. None that come to the top of my head at the moment. What about you? Cool. All right. So, yeah, I, I did... My fair share of comics reading, unlike some people here. Um, so, first off, that's good that you didn't read any shitty comics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't really have any comics I felt like, oh, that's terrible. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I mentioned with the TV stuff, like, there was there were some shows I felt like, yeah, they were just, I had some problems, but I didn't really outright hate any TV I watched this year. That's that goes for comics and movies too. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing on my list that we're gonna go over today that I just outright hated, you know. Um, and I think at the very end we can give the year an overall grade. And I, I can tell you right now, mine's gonna be pretty high because um, there. Not only were there a lot of great comics, TV shows, and movies, but like the stuff that I didn't really like, 
I didn't hate that much, you know. I, yeah. I got a little something out of everything, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, with comics, this is usually the case. You know, even stuff that I'm not really into, um, I'll, I'll get something out of. Um, I did want to call out something though, because um, I had voiced my eager anticipation for a series called the Doomsday Clock. This was a big DC event series um, that uh, came out this year. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, was it this year? It might have started last year. Um, I know uh, you know a lot of it has come out this year. And I did want to call it out because... Um, I was super excited about it, you know. Um, you know me, I'm not a huge DC fan, but I am a huge Watchmen fan. Mm-hmm. So when I heard that the Watchmen characters would live on in the Doomsday Clock series, I was really excited, right? And I did start reading them, but I stopped. I stopped after issue three. Why? Well, I'm going to get into that because, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, I don't want to say... I've hated what I've read so far, uh, but uh, I will say that I wasn't as excited about it as I was before, you know. Um, I still kind of plan on uh, continuing this at a future date. Um, I tend to read my comics digitally, and I know that with digital comics, there are certain times where they have like big sales and stuff. So I think that's where I'll catch up on Doomsday Clock. You know, like there'll there'll be like a big discount at maybe the end of the year or something, and I'll Mm. I'll catch up on them. Um, But uh, yeah, like the uh, the series so far has has me a bit disappointed. You know, they've introduced some new characters. Uh, There's the character Mime and the character Marionette, and um, I don't know. Maybe I'm old school, but like. I don't really like these new characters. I'm, I'm much, much, much bigger fans of the original Watchmen. And, um, you know, the big appeal of this series is the uh, DC universe uh, interacting mm-hmm. with the Watchmen. This has never happened before, right? Uh, so I think it's kind of telling that in issue number three, Batman meets Rorschach, right? This is... This is like a big moment, you know. This is, this is like, uh, you know, in the movies when Iron Man meets Spider Man, you know, one of yeah. the, these type things, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I, I made the spoiler alert before, but yeah, definitely spoiler alert. Um, Batman meets Rorschach, yes, here, but it's not really Rorschach, is it? Because if you're familiar with the Watchmen series, Rorschach dies at the end of the original Watchmen series, and there was a lot of speculation about, oh, is this going to be like a time travel thing or a flashback? Like, how is Rorschach going to be in Doomsday Clock? Uh-huh. Well, he's not really Rorschach. It's like a new Rorschach. He dresses up like Rorschach, but it's not the real Rorschach. So mm. when Batman teams up with, with Rorschach in Doomsday Clock issue three, it's not the geek out moment I was waiting for. It's like, well, it's Batman and Rorschach, but it's not really Rorschach, is it? So uh, I was kind of disappointed, and that kind of like turned me off. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna put this on hold. I'll, oh, I'll catch up on it later. Uh-huh. Uh, so let's just put it uh, put it that way, okay? 
Okay, so on to more positive stuff. Um, I read some fantastic comics this year, okay? Um, so, yeah, I should note that uh, our picks, you know, they're not all superhero related or they don't all have to be superhero related. We, we've listed tons of superhero stuff, but, you know, the TV show Miss Sherlock is not a superhero show. Um, and, yeah, um, a couple of my comics picks are, uh, are non-superhero. Um, I've voiced my fandom for the great comics writer Ed Brubaker in the past, and, uh, dude, his shit is just getting better and better over time. It's amazing, uh, but uh, this year was, uh, was great for Brubaker fans because he completed his run on the great image comic, Kill or Be Killed. The final issue, issue number 20, uh, came out this year and uh, written by Ed Brubaker, illustrated by Sean Phillips. Fantastic. You know, it was uh, an awesome end to the series, mm-hmm. and um, I can't recommend uh, Kill or Be Killed uh, highly enough. Okay, um, that's not the only awesome Brubaker comic to come out this year. Uh-huh. So he did an original graphic novel also with the artist Sean Phillips called My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies. And uh, this is awesome, man. Um, it, uh, it takes place in the universe of Criminal. So Criminal is this great image comic series also by Brubaker and Phillips. Um, but uh, it's kind of this one-off story that takes place in that universe. Yeah. And it's interesting as hell, man. It's, uh, it's about a girl in drug rehab. And even though I knew it takes place in the criminal universe, um, it doesn't feel like it's in that universe. Um, and it, it's super uh, gripping and, um, and interesting. You know, so I'll leave it at that. Uh, okay. th- th- you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the call. That that was my favorite comic of the year. Um, not super well known, and again, not a superhero comic. But uh, yeah, my heroes have always been junkies. Is awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, but uh, before we get off comics, I do want to call out a favorite superhero comic, and that is Amazing Spider-Man issue 800. Uh, so we talked about this on our All Spider-Man episode mm-hmm. that we did not long ago. Um, we mentioned that it had come out, but neither of us had read it, right? And I did mention that I intended to read it, and I did. So um, this is an 80-page anniversary issue written by Dan Slott and illustrated by a variety of artists, you know, uh, various artists. And uh, it's so great. I, you know, Perfurio, I know you're a Spider-Man fan. Um, yeah. To me, this is a must-read for any Spider-Man fran- fan, uh, from hardcore to casual. There are all kinds of cool Spider-Man references. You know, it goes back to, um, like, the entire history of Spider-Man. You know, there, there are references to Gwen Stacy's death, um, Tons of uh, Spider-Man's rogues gallery is in there. We're talking Venom, Dr. Octopus, Green Goblin, Carnage. Um, Yeah, there's um, uh, tons of uh, Spider-Man villain characters that show up. Tons of Spider-Man 
um, superhero character uh, um, uh, friends that show up, like Miles uh-huh. Morales and Silk and others. Um, and it really uh, captures the heart of the series. And I really can't say uh, enough here. And I, I, in fact, I, um, I took a little screenshot of, of the final page. It's really cool. Uh, I just wanted to read it out real quick. Okay, so the image is of Spider-Man swinging on his web through the streets of New York City, as we often see. And uh, he says, My name is Peter. I'm just a guy from Queens. And sure, there are things that make me special. But I'm going to let you in on a big secret. Ready? You can say that about anybody. We all have gifts. What matters is how you use them. Fight the good fight. If you fall, pick yourself back up. And if your neighborhood falls, give him your hand. That's how we all save the world. One friendly neighborhood at a time. Now beat it. I got things to do. Can't you see? I'm swinging here. The end. (laughs) So that's kind of the sentiment throughout the entire comic. Um, it really celebrates this character. It celebrates the history of Spider-Man, and uh, it's pretty freaking awesome. So be sure to check that out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think we can move on to movies now, yeah? Yeah, movies. Yay. Yeah. It was a big year for movies. It was a big year for movies. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, you want to kick it off, Perfurio? Yeah, I mean... Some of my favorites this year have been, um, surprisingly, the solo film. Okay, yep, that's right, Star Wars. Star Wars, um, Pacific Rim 2, Uprising, that was one of my favorites. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, definitely Mm -hmm. another film I was looking forward to. Yep, I know you love that one. Uh, Venom, that was a good film. Yes, it was. Surprisingly, but I was. think my all-time film this year was Infinity War, without a doubt. I mean, I was looking for that for years. I even like did like a whole like project about like watching a movie a year or a week and then writing a blog post leading up to Infinity War. So yeah. I invested a lot for Infinity War, and I got every like ounce of emotion out of it. It was awesome. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, Infinity War did come out this year, and uh, it was an event, you yeah. know? Yeah. It wasn't a film. It was an event, like yeah, you said. Yeah, it really was. It really was. Um, yeah, before I get into my favorites, uh, were there movies that you were really disappointed with that you really didn't like this year? Yeah, so let's see. Some that I was kind of disappointed been like the Jurassic World sequel, Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. That one was just kind of like a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones, but the one that left me the most disappointing was The Nun. Ah, uh, The Nun. Yeah, so we had a horror movie episode not that long ago, yeah. and we both really talked about how much we loved the conjuring movies right Mm -hmm. and the nun is a conjuring spin-off movie right yeah Um, i haven't seen it but uh 
I heard it wasn't that good, but from the sounds of it, you really disliked it. I just, yeah, I, do, I really didn't like it. I mean, it's <laughs> cool. It has some cool connections to the rest of the universe, but that's it. Like, Was it scary at least? I didn't think so. Really? You didn't think it was scary? No, I really didn't. That's pretty shocking to me because The Conjuring 2, I listed as one of the scariest movies of all time. And I think without a doubt, the scariest thing in that movie was The Nun, you know? Mm. So I figured this movie would be really scary. So that's uh, really surprising to hear that you didn't even think it was that scary at all. Mm. No, it just it didn't work for me. For me, it felt like I don't know. I think I I, I don't know if I mentioned in that podcast that like you know since I come from a religious background, I kind of know what to expect from it. And with like the Conjuring films and then Insidious films, like I already know what to expect from like when the horror films use like the supernatural elements. Yeah, and then none was just it brought nothing new. So I was just like, eh, <laughs> like kind of like put me to sleep you know wow wow that's surprising but uh, good to know yeah i think i will pass on that one mm-hmm. um okay so i'll go into some of my least favorite movies too um similar theme here there was there weren't really any movies i outright hated this year you know um I would say there were a couple movies that I was a bit disappointed in. Um, one was one of your favorites, Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> we did talk about this before, but uh, I didn't really get a whole lot out, out of this movie. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the first Ant-Man movie, and you know I liked this one a little bit more, but not enough to recommend it. And um, I think a big part of it was the fact that Marvel Studios released... Black Panther and Infinity War this year, so um, I think the bar was kind of high, yeah. right? Um, and I couldn't help but feel a little disappointed about about this one. Um, along those along those same lines, I, I felt very much the same way about Deadpool two. You know, uh, again, uh, I didn't really love this one, and I didn't really love Part One either. You know. Um, maybe it's that same aspect of a high bar for superhero movies this year. Um, but there's something else going on with Deadpool too. I wanted to call out, you know, um, I'm, I think I'm just quite simply not a fan of this character. You know, I'm not a big fan of Deadpool in the comics and I'm certainly not a huge fan of him in the movies. Um, I celebrate, you know, a rated R superhero movie. You know, I, I say keep them coming, uh, but I'm just going to say outright that, like, I'm not a Deadpool fan. You know, I'm just, <laughs> it. his brand of humor is just not mine. It's like this kind of frat boy kind of humor. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not shitting on Deadpool fans. I say, do your thing, love what you love. Um, this is not for me. I, I just, it's just not for me. I, I, you know, what really hit home is when, um, Deadpool appeared in the Defenders comic series. Um, I didn't bring this up in the comic section, but, uh, Brian Michael Bendis ended his, 
run of defenders this year also. Um, didn't quite make my very best comics of the year list, but I really enjoyed that series. Um, but there was uh, a couple comics that Deadpool appeared. And um, the, the way he showed up was kind of funny. So like the Punisher is uh, aiming his sniper rifle. He sees Daredevil in his scope. He's lining up the shot, you know, very serious, very quiet, very dark and grim, yeah. right? And then um, the 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 crosshairs get kind of blurry. Mm-hmm. And he looks up, and it's Deadpool um, right in front of him. And Deadpool is, like, showing his ass <laughs> to Punisher. And he says something to the effect of... Uh, uh, be honest, is mine better or Spider-Man's better? <laughs> and it's funny, but it's like, I was kind of like, I don't want to see this. You know, I want to, I, I thought I was going to get a serious, like, uh, Punisher versus Daredevil fight or something. Mm-hmm. And then here's uh, Deadpool showing his ass, you know. And um, that's when I knew, like, okay, this is just not your thing, my guy, right? Yeah. Uh, and in a way, it's sort of like, uh, it's okay because you know we don't all have to love everything. We don't all have to hate everything. We all have our preferences, right? Um, so I'm just saying right now, I'm not a huge Deadpool fan, and um, I think that the Deadpool movies are done well, but they really are in the spirit of this character that I'm not a huge fan of, yeah. right? So I'll say that. Okay. Okay. Onto my favorites. So I did allude to Black Panther in Infinity War. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot of Marvel on this episode. A lot of our favorite (laughs) shit are Marvel comics, Marvel TV shows, and Marvel movies. Um, And it's been that way, I think, for both of us for years now. Um, But it is not coming to an end. It is getting stronger and stronger. And the year 2018... I don't know, man. It it may have been the strongest Marvel year to date across the board. Yeah. Right. And the movies really, really reflect this. Right. Um, you know, we've talked some before. Uh, a lot of my favorite movie picks from years past are not superhero movies. You know, I am a uh, a film geek. You know, I'm a film aficionado, a cinephile. Um, so I like, uh, alternative stuff, you know, and I did watch some cool alternative stuff this year. Um, there are a couple movies I wanted to call out, um, that I really enjoyed. Um, mid nineties is a movie I liked a lot. Annihilation with Natalie Portman. I liked a lot. Really? I did. Did you see that? I did. I fell asleep. You fell asleep. Okay. I was so confusing. I did not. It turned me off. Well, I like that one quite a bit. There's a movie called Searching with John Cho that I thought was great. I'm gonna watch that later tonight. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm I'm really uh, curious to, to get your take on it. That was great in my opinion. Uh, Black Klansman from Spike Lee was fantastic. I thought. Um, A Star Is Born. I Ooh, thought was really good. That one was really good. You saw that, right? Yeah. yeah, that's a great movie. I'm not a musical type guy. I'm not really a Gaga fan, but um, wow, uh, really fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, superhero movies blew them away this year because of Black Panther and Infinity War. And um, I'm totally down with your pick 
of Infinity War for movie of the year. That's your movie of the year, yeah. correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, how could it not be? Uh, it totally delivered. Like we were saying, it was an event. Everyone was talking about it. It was a worldwide phenomenon. It made incredible amounts of money. The critic reception, the fan reception was through the roof. Um, and all that said, it's my number two. <laughs> because Black Panther was freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Black Panther is easily my number one movie of the year. And, uh, you know, we're not here to talk on and on about this movie that has already been talked about tons. Um, but, uh, yeah, I watched it again recently, and uh, it's just a very special movie, you know. Um, I mean, like you said earlier in, in the episode, it won, it's getting nominated for a lot of awards. That's right. Yeah, it uh-huh. got the Golden Globe nominations. Grammy nominations. Yeah, that's right. Grammy as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, a, like I said, a special movie. Um, I think the buzziest movie of the year was Infinity War. But I think with Black Panther, Black Panther is going to be the movie that like will be in the history books. You know, like uh, years and years down the line people will look back on this year and they'll look back at Black Panther, right? It was a, a, a real cultural moment, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think Infinity War really delivered the goods in terms of a roller coaster ride of a movie. Um, but, uh, you know, Black Panther really, I think Black Panther crossed that line where it took a superhero movie into the category of an important movie, mm-hmm. like a culturally important movie. A lot can be said about that, you know. Um, sure, most of what we talk about on this show is like entertainment. How entertaining was it? You know, did I like it? Did I have fun? Um, and we're like, we're kind of in the business of fun, right? How much fun yeah. are we having? Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's cool to call out stuff that's not just fun. You know, it's 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 important. You know, uh, shoot, like th- this can turn into a real long discussion. But you know, to to keep it short, you know, Black Panther really gets into representation. It gets into social justice. You yeah. know, I mean, this is stuff that is uncharted territory for superhero movies and to see things i love come together like this is really awesome you know um it's really eye-opening you know i i love the movies of marvel studios um but when i saw stuff like uh, a young killmonger growing up in like rough streets in oakland i realized that these movies can be so much more you know Mm -hmm. um it's really cool. It's really, it's really, really cool. It gives hope to this medium, right? Um, superhero movies aren't necessarily fluff. You know, we talked about the Bill Maher comments yeah. a little yeah. while ago, and his point of view really is, you know, superheroes and comic books, um, they're like kids' stuff. You know, it's, it's stuff that's it doesn't have substance. You know, there's no no real uh, significance or importance to them, right? Yeah. Um, 
just look at this movie and you know that all that shit is bullshit, right? You know this stuff is important. It, it left definitely a lasting impact, especially out here in the Bay Area yeah, in Oakland. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, final thoughts time. Um, yeah, I alluded to it earlier, but um, we like to give, like, an overall grade, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, our comics, TV, and movies list are, like, kind of all pop culture, right? But um, I think our grade for the year should be, like, uh, geeky stuff, right? Like, in terms of of geek culture, how good was 2018? What do you think? I I think it's blew the roof. Like, on Marvel alone, it just kind of blew the roof. I mean, unfortunately, there are other... geeky stuff that was a total lackluster this year like dc i mean I- i'm not gonna jump the gun and say dc because aquaman still hasn't came out and i've heard good early reviews about it mm-hmm. but walking dead there was an absence of game of thrones this year harry potter was not so hot um so it wasn't all great i mean Marvel pretty much took all of it. <laughs> so Marvel made up for any shortcomings you, yeah. you're saying. Yeah, like <laughs> okay. I said, Star Wars wasn't good this year. But well, you like Solo, right? I like Solo, but yeah. compared to the other Star Wars movies, it was... I mean, we did that Star Wars yeah. episode. It was yeah. low on the list. It was lower tier, definitely. Uh-huh. Yeah. But overall, if I had to grade the year, I would still give it an A. Without still a doubt. an A, huh? Yeah, because... Marvel, everything Marvel had just totally <laughs> delivered, like you said. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so for me, I totally agree that this year, in terms of geeky stuff, uh, you know, it was almost a dream come true. Some of the stuff we got to check out this year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just look at uh, three of the things we mentioned. Black Panther, Infinity War, Daredevil Season 3. Just those three things. They all happened this year, right? And yeah. uh, damn, like that's pretty awesome, right? I mean, come on. Uh, that said, I don't think it was perfect. Like you were saying, you know, there's some stuff that came up a little short. And even the stuff that I think is my favorite, you know, uh, isn't perfect. You know, I, I, I praised and praised Black Panther. I think there's some things in there that... Um, didn't quite work as well as, uh, you know, they could have. Uh, in fact, you know, in a sequel, I'd love to see some better, some better action scenes. <laughs> you know, if you want to get nitpicky, um, I'm gonna give it an A minus. You know, um, sometimes I I don't want to give things like a perfect score just because. Uh, Gonna leave a little room. Like, what if 2019 is even better? <laughs> then I'm like, oh, I gotta give it in there, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna give it a solid A minus. You know, like, I I couldn't really be too much happier about uh, the stuff we got to see and read this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you mentioned Aquaman. That comes out before the end of the year. So does Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So this list 
these lists we've listed, um, they're a little bit tentative, right? Because you never know. One yeah. of those movies might knock off uh, one of our top movies. Uh, probably not, but uh, um, they might be among our favorites or yeah, exactly. Or least favorite too, right? You know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to checking out those movies. And um, by the way, our next episode, we will review both of those movies. It'll be a Aquaman versus Spider-Man episode, right? Yeah. So that should be fun. Uh, for now, though, uh, I think we've gone uh, long enough yeah. <laughs> in our year in review. Uh, so with that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry and Perfirio. Thank you.